And our zoning, uh, our zoning kickoff meeting will be coming up on uh, September 23rd, just to let everyone know. Uh, next up, we have Ryan Haywood. Ryan, I'm about to unmute you. If you could please have your name and address for the record, please. You have a minute and a half. Ryan. Ryan Haywood. Okay, we'll skip over Ryan. Um, Clerk Hardabies, you said someone wanted to speak, I believe. Mr. President, that's correct. Uh, Paul Fumbell asked to speak. Thanks for uh, giving me a second here. Um, I just wanted to uh, kind of lend a, a unique combination. And I spoke earlier in the summer, if you don't recognize me, I had the huge uh, beard last time some of you saw me. Um, I had a, a good combination. I'm a local resident. I live on Douglas Road. Um, uh, I'm a small business owner. Uh, my wife is a builder. She comes from the, the architecture design world. Uh, so we are a small business owner in Medford and, and we, uh, on a very small scale, are, are, are developing and, and building one or two projects in the Medford area a year. I'm also a tenured professor in the Business School of Northeastern, so I can kind of address, I see the vision of the, uh, the economic impact that uh, Councillor Knight uh, had brought up. And, and I know as a, as a small business, we keep talking about these big developers, but as a small builder who lives and works in Medford, I, I quite literally invest my family's uh, life savings every time we do a project. And uh, having, the historical commission is a huge part of our city. I think in a, past, in a different life, I would have been a history professor instead of a, a business professor. Um, I love history. We, we strive in every project we do to, to save as much as we can. We have an obligation as a city to protect, to protect our history. Um, and I, I logged in today to talk about a, a, a project that's getting debated later in, 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 the, uh, in the call today. But I can tell you the economic impact that one of my small projects has. Um, you know, I, I hire 10 to, 10 to 12 subs, subcontractors, sub small business owners themselves. So we're talking council nice numbers is conservative. We, you know, 50, 60, 70 people come on my projects and that's just a small project. Um, tens of thousands of dollars in permit fees for my small projects. Um, and, and so all of my, all of my employees, when they, when they go out for lunch, they're eating in Medford Square. They're, they're loving the, the Tanakh, they're loving the Goldilocks. Um, they are shopping local, they're eating local every day. Um, oh, your, your time is up. And the economic impact for me, uh, if the Historical Commission can uh, put my products on hold for 18 months, could potentially bankrupt a small oh. business owner like me. I, I cannot afford uh, at five to $8,000 a month to wait for a potential hold to come through. If we get a full 18 month review, you're well, talking over $100,000 in financial impact. I'm one person. I don't have $100,000 to sit on. Paul, your uh, time is up. Thank you. I apologize for interrupting. Not sure what happened to Paul. But, um, Ryan Haywood was up next, but I... Ryan Haywood, 
Name and address for the record. Sorry. Uh, Ryan Hayward, 40 Sheridan Ave, the Medford, the Vice Chair of the Medford Historic Commission. I just uh, I just wanted to point out to the City Councilors and just let everybody know here uh, that we are, as the Commission, taking note of everything that's being said. Uh, we do want to be helpful and we want to get you guys the information that you need, so we'll be sure to send you over the information as soon as we can get it to you. Much appreciate Thank you, Ryan. Move approval, Mr. President. Okay, on the motion of Council Knight, seconded by. Second. Council Appears, Clark Hurtabies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. yes. Council Morrell is a yes? Yes. yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Sending affirmative, zero to the negative, the motion passes. 20-527, offered by Council Knight, be resolved that the Memphis City Council extends its deep and sincere condolences to the family of Edward Tyrants on his recent passing. Council Knight. Um, Mr. President, thank you very much. It's uh, with deep sadness that I offer this resolution this evening. Uh, Eddie Terrence uh, was a kid I grew up with in West Medford, a West Medford fixture, a West Medford legend. Um, had the opportunity of going elementary school with Eddie, high school with Eddie, and um, always hanging out with him down the park whether it be placed in park or dug a park, playing basketball, uh, everywhere in between, uh, causing havoc, riding our bikes and, and the such, Mr. President. Uh, but Eddie passed away unexpectedly um, just over the last couple of weeks um, uh, with a, a little heart problem, a little heart trouble, and, um, and he's no longer with us. And um, Eddie, Eddie was the type of kid that made everybody around him just better. Um, when Eddie was there, he put you in a better mood. He had a smile that could light up a room and a personality that could make the shyest person the most friendly person in the world. Um, you know, long-time husband to Donna Doherty, um, CJ Doherty and Chuck Doherty's uh, uh, daughter and sister, um, and just, just an, just an all-around great kid, Mr. President. Um, and, and I'm very sad to see him go, and um, it's one of those situations where when someone's gone, you wish you had the opportunity to spend more time with them, and, uh, and Eddie was one of those kids, and I don't think there's anybody that knows Eddie that could say right now that they wish they didn't spend more time with him now that he's gone. Um, so with that being said, Mr. President, I ask my, uh, my colleagues to join me in offering uh, an offerance of condolences uh, to the Terrence family. I, you know, it, it's, it's very unfortunate um, turn of events. I was on social media the other day and uh, someone posted a picture. And uh, it was a picture right across the hall in the mayor's office. And it was uh, Eddie sitting down in Mayor McGlynn's chair with Mayor McGlynn next to him. There was a kid named Cedric Taylor sitting next to Eddie, who's no longer with us as well, and Justin Springer. And uh, if we think back to a couple months ago, uh, this council just recognized Justin Springer um, for the work that he's done in the city of Boston, um, doing outreach and communications work with the less fortunate. Um, so it, it's very sad, Mr. President, when you reach a certain age and you, you see a picture like that, a kid you grew up with in elementary school and in junior high and in high school, and two out of three of them are gone. They're no longer with us. Um, so, you know, it just saddens me to see that Eddie's gone because, like I said, he's a great person. And I, I'd ask my council colleagues to, uh, to join me in, in supporting the family and offering this uh, condolence to the family uh, in this time of need. Thank you, Council Knight. At this point, I'd ask. President. Yes. Uh, let's see. Councilor Marks. I, I want to thank uh, Councilor Knight for putting this on. Uh, those who knew Ed knew he was a great uh, person. and. 
good person to be around, and uh, he will solely be missed, Mr. President. Uh, I also would like to mention uh, we lost uh, a, a resident just recently, uh, Giovanni uh, Puccio. Um, on his recent passing, Mr. President, he was a tremendous father, husband, uh, family man, um, and just a terrific guy, and uh, he will be sorely missed, Mr. President, as well. So I'd ask if my council colleague wouldn't mind putting that on as well, Mr. President. Mr. President. Thank you. Uh, council Knight, uh, Council Marks, thank you. Um, and that will be added to the resolution as well thank as you. an amendment. Um, Councilor Scott Pelly. Um, I thank Council Knight for bringing this up. Uh, what a great young man and, and um, working uh, for Method Recreation and the, uh, the boys at Dugger Park and, uh, and Eddie's family and friends. I, I know how important he was to everybody and just a great, great young man. So uh, my prayers to his family and uh, our condolences. I, and I appreciate Councilor Marks bringing up Mr. Puccio's name. I know that it's tough when you don't have week after week meeting and people pass on in between. So this has been very difficult. But uh, what a great person, uh, left a great legacy. So um, his kids are committed, his, they're uh, men and women that are committed to our community and making sure that um, they're giving back. And that's because he instilled the, um, that sense of community. And I think that he'll solely be missed. So, uh, condolences to the Puccio family too. So thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scott Pelly. Okay. Uh, let's see. So um, we will have a moment of silence in one one second. Uh, we just have to vote on this first. Uh, so on the motion of Councilor Knight, as amended by Councilor Marks, and seconded by Second. Councilor Scott Pelly. Um, Councilor Morrell, did you want to speak on this? No, I was just getting my mic ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so on that motion, uh, Clerk Hardebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. On the seven to zero vote, the motion passes. Uh, our th thoughts are present with the uh, Tyrants and Puccio families. At this point in time, I'd ask everyone to please rise for a brief moment of silence. Zero dash five two eight offered by Council Knight. Be it resolved that the Method City Council recognize the efforts of the community partner Armstrong Ambulance, most notably Gail Armstrong, Richard Armstrong, and Sean Mangan, for their contributions toward the success of the August eighteenth and nineteenth COVID nineteen screening for Medford High School families. Councillor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, we've all been around. Gail Armstrong, Richie Raymond, or Sean Mangan at one point or another being involved in this community and the outreach work that Armstrong Ambulance does and the give backs that they give to this community are innumerable. Um, just recently, uh, about a month ago, um, Armstrong Ambulance was tasked 
with the responsibility of helping do COVID testing for the MHS families up at Medford High School. And uh, to say that that was a momentous task is an understatement, um, but through their efforts and that of our friends in the Board of Health, they were able to pull it off. And um, when you look at the testing that's been done in our community versus surrounding communities, you'll see that Medford's probably, at the time that this was done, uh, about 1,000 tests ahead of the nearest community. I think the only community around here was Lynn that had tested more people than the city of Medford. Um, so it goes to say, and it goes to show uh, that the strength of community partnerships can go a long way in all aspects of public life, but especially public health here. Um, you know, we've seen the community rise up and come together during uh, this coronavirus uh, situation. And I think that the efforts in the work of Gail, Richie, and Sean shouldn't go unnoticed, uh, Mr. President. Um, not only in this endeavor, but in all that they do, um, whether it comes to the free CPR training that they give to our coaches or the IADs that they've donated to our community. Armstrong does a lot, and um, I think it's important that we recognize what they do and the work that they do. So uh, with that being said, I'm asking my council colleagues to support me in um, this agenda item this evening. Thank you, Council Knight. Vice President Caviello. Thank you, Mr. for bringing this up. Um, the Armstrong family, Rich and uh, Sean, uh, they've been uh, great people for our community. I mean, I've had the, uh, the opportunity to work with them on many projects. Uh, I've been trained by Sean Mannion on, uh, uh, many times on C to be CPS certified, uh, Red Cross certified for a thing. So again, um, this is a good, uh, these, are, these are good people. They're there all the time. Uh, long before, long before the COVID, uh, this company has been out there. Uh, anytime the community is needed some assistance with anything, they've been there. So again, I thank them for the work that they've done uh, in our community. Thank you, Vice President Caviello. On the motion of Council Knight, seconded by second, seconded by Council uh, Vice President Caviello. Clerk Erdebees, please call the roll. Council Bears, yes. Vice President Caviello, yes. Council Knight. Council Knight? Yes. Thank you. Council Marks? Yes. Council Morell? Yes. Council Scarpelli? Yes. President Falco? Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. 20-529 offered by Council Knight. Be a result that the Memphis City Council be provided with a monthly report of crime statistics from the Chief of Police. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. And I know um, Councilor Marks has a similar paper on the agenda this evening. Um, I, I bring this paper forward. Council Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. If my council colleague wouldn't mind uh, adding my paper onto this, uh, paper 20-542, uh, where they are similar in nature. Sure. You want to, would you like to make a motion to uh, join the papers? Please. Okay, I second the, that motion and defer to the member. On the no, motion no. of Councilor. No, 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 on the motion of Councilor Mark, seconded by Councilor Knight to join the papers, and that will be 20 529 off by Councilor Knight. And 20542 off by Councilor Marks. Uh, and that, Councilor, uh, that paper reads Be it resolved that the recent rash of break ins and home invasions be discussed in the interest of public safety. Clark Hardebees, could you please call the roll on joining those two papers? Correct. And that, it, just so I'm clear, uh, 20542, that was the emergency paper you added under suspension, Council Marks? Correct. Okay. And this is to join the two. 
Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion pass passes and the papers are joined. At this point, I recognize Councilor Knight. Um, Mr. President, thank you very much, and uh, thank you to Councilor Marks for uh, allowing me to proceed first. Um, I bring this paper forward, Mr. President, um, in light of a uh, recent string of troubling events that uh, have been brought to my attention, home break-ins um, in the West Medford neighborhood, uh, home invasions in the Heights in South Medford, in the West Medford neighborhood. Um, we have a crime analyst, Mr. President, that we budgeted, and uh, the crime analyst does an excellent job. And um, I know that our decision makers in the police department are using that data to make uh, good policy recommendations and good policing recommendations. Uh, but I think it's also important, Mr. President, that we have the opportunity to review this data to see what type of crime is happening in our community, whether it's violent crime, whether it's crime of personal property, whether it's um, domestic violence, whether it is um, any number of identifiable trends or patterns that will allow us to be dynamic and flexible in our response to it, Mr. President. Um, you know, I'm more than happy um, to sit down and discuss supplemental funding. I'm more than happy to sit down and discuss providing any department in this community with the tools that they need to succeed. And I think it's very important for us to have a good understanding as to what the trends are and what the patterns are in this community so that we can get ahead of it and invest money in certain areas that we need to invest money in. Um, for example, we have uh, Harold McGilvery, our dog officer. He's an awesome dog officer, does a great job. Maybe based upon the crime statistics and crime trends, we need two dog officers. Um, we have a traffic division. We have a traffic division comprised of so many officers. Uh, maybe based upon the crime statistics and the accident statistics, it shows that we should be having more officers in the traffic division and less officers in another division. Um, operational questions, Mr. President, um, certainly stuff that comes under the purview and scope of the Chief of Police, but uh, something that's contingent and relying upon funding. And if we're going to be spending the money, I want to make sure we're spending it in the right place to make the most impact and the most bang for our buck. And with the uptick in violent crime in this community, I think this is something that we really need to look at. And I shouldn't even say it's an uptick, because I don't know, because I haven't seen the stats. I should say with the public reporting of violent crime of recent in the community, um, I'm wondering if this is something that we need to be worried about. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to defer to Councilor Marks, Mr. President, but thank you very much for indulging me. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank uh, my council colleague, Councilor Knight, for uh, putting this on the agenda as well. Um, you know, for the past several years, Mr. President, I've called for a public safety summit within this community, and to date, I'm not proud to say that we have yet to have a public safety summit with all the uh, parties to be within this community to discuss these very issues. And uh, Councilor Knight may not say it, but I am going to say it, Mr. President. Violent crime is on the uptick in this community. And you only have to read the paper, watch the local news, and talk to your neighbors. And you'll hear what's happening in this community, Mr. President. From home invasions to car break-ins to home break-ins, it's happening all over the community. And I, I think it's very important. I realize there uh, we do have a crime analyst in the community that's uh, gathering crime data. But uh, the data is only as good, Mr. President, uh, what it's being used for. 
So if it's not being used to update and uh, provide the latest and greatest for our police department, then it's not good data. If it's not used, Mr. President, to get the word out to the community, and that is key. That is key in this community. I've talked to a lot of seniors in this community that are unaware, Mr. President, on what's happening. And I tell people constantly that may leave their front door open or their car unlocked to say, you know what? Those days are behind us. I hate to say it, they're behind us now. And you should always proceed with caution. And I believe you should be locking your front door, even during the day, Mr. President. I believe you should be locking your car. You should be watching out for your neighbors. You should leave a light on uh, that may deter uh, someone from uh, robbing a house or a car or so forth. But uh, I, I think the an ounce of prevention goes a long way, the old saying. And we have to get word out to the community, not to alarm people, but to let them know what's happening to let them know that they should take extra precaution, Mr. President. And uh, I ask that uh, our police department step up patrol around the community. I ask that we do have this public safety summit to discuss some of the concerns we have. Uh, just recently, Mr. President, and I won't get into the details, we had a home invasion that involved a 92-year-old woman that luckily, Mr. President, was able to escape because God knows what would have resulted if she was not able to escape, Mr. President. And, you know, there's been some scuttlebutt around the community that this person may have been part of a halfway house in the community and uh, living in our neighborhood and living amongst us, Mr. President. Um, and uh, that raises some concern for residents, and rightfully so, Mr. President. So I think as a community, we have to take a step back and look at what's happening in our community ways we can address issues, ways we can make our residents safer, Mr. President. We have a large percentage of seniors, and seniors are very vulnerable, Mr. President. So that's my concern. Um, I would ask once again that we create a public safety summit. I'm not sure why it's uh, impossible to get uh, a public safety summit together. I think it, I must have offered it three or four times. Um, and I've yet to get any buy-in from the former chief, or this chief, um, or, or anyone else, Mr. President, administration, or anyone else, to sit down and discuss these issues. Because this is hitting home now. It's, it's not somewhere you're saying, well, this happens here or there. It's happening in our neighborhoods. It's happening to our neighbors. And it's concerning, Mr. President. So I just want to put that out there, uh, that I, once again, I ask for a public safety summit where we can sit down around a table and discuss some of the concerns we have. If it's funding, then as Councilor Knight mentioned, then the council should be aware of that. If it's additional manpower, if it's additional tools that the police department needs to get the job done, if it's additional outreach, community outreach, then so be it to make sure that residents are aware of what's happening. I've asked in the past to use the reverse 911. You know, it's great to get when there's a road race in the city, and you get a reverse 911, but 911 is for emergency. What better emergency than if there are home invasions and people being attacked in our community, Mr. President? Um, you know, and how blatant when someone's sitting there and someone jumps through a, a picture window, a glass picture window, with the person sitting right there. They weren't trying to avoid detection. They weren't trying to avoid the person. These are very serious incidences, Mr. President, and they need to be discussed and addressed. 
and I realize the police are probably working on their own and things that they can't relay to the public, and I realize that. But I also believe the public should be well aware of what's going on, and uh, we should be open and notorious when it comes to alerting residents of this community. And I want to thank my colleague for putting this on. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, thank my colleagues for putting it on. Um, I completely agree that we need to look at trends and patterns and uh, really be able to analyze and make the best decisions possible. Um, so I just, you know, I'd like to amend the paper for getting reports and data back to the year 2000, if possible. I understand that might take more time, so I'm not going to put a time limit on it, but I would love to be able to see the long-term trends. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Pierce. Point of information, Mr. President. Point of information, Councilor Knight. Um, I do not believe we had a crime analyst going back that far. I think a crime analyst. You are correct. I, I think that's crime recent. analyst was something that um, I believe Thank in you your first term, in Councilor Scarpelli's first term, was something that we had put into the budget. You are correct. Um, so, well, I think that the data exists in terms of, you know, paper paper records and paper files. There wasn't someone there that was actually working as a crime analyst compiling that stuff and and looking at trends and patterns and, and the such. Um, so I'd ask that it be offered in a B paper as to not hold up the underlying paper that's been offered on top of it. Yeah. Or that's I can offer it that's a uh, to seven. fine with me. Um, you know, not putting a timeline on it. It seems like there's data going back a few years that could be really helpful um, and maybe longer if it's there. Thank you, Council. Bears, uh, Clark Hardebees, do you have the language on the B paper? Yes, Mr. President. Um, Council Bear, I, I have a question after that. Council Bears uh, originally offered an amendment, which is now a B paper, requesting reports and data back to the year 2000 on crime statistics? If, if possible. Okay. And then I have another question, if I may. Yep. Uh, um, Council Marks, uh, you asked an amendment to the papers? Was that, did you say it was in, were you asking if it's an amendment? I'm asking if Councilor Marks' request to create a public safety summit is an amendment to the papers. Is that an amendment? It is. Okay. I didn't offer him a form of amendment, but I will do so now. Okay. Second. I didn't hear the answer. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, so um, let's see. So we get a B paper from Councilor Bears. Is that B paper seconded? Second. Second. Seconded by Councilor Morell. Okay. okay. We have a uh, Council Marks. Did you want to speak? No. Nope. Okay. Council Knight. Um, that's on from the beginning. Okay. I'm going to shut it off. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Okay. Do we have any uh, questions or comments from the public? Okay, seeing and hearing none. Okay, on the B paper offered by Councilor Beers, seconded by Councilor Morell. Clerk Curtis, please call the roll. Councilor Beers. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. I'm sorry, I didn't hear Councilor Knight. That, yes. Yes. Thank you. Councilor Marks. Yes. Thank you. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli? Yes. President Falco? Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. On the main paper offered by Councilor Knight, uh, Councilor Knight and Councilor Marks. Uh, seconded by Second. Vice President Caviello. Clerk Hardebees, please call the roll. 
Sponsor Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Franco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. 20-530 offered by Council Morell. Be resolved that the Memphis City Council demand that the MBTA reinstate bus routes 325 and 326 as they are an essential link to <coughs> residents of Medford. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, I know this is something that has uh, been raised by Councilor Marks a few months back um, when these two lines, which are the express lines from Medford, were suspended, as we were told, temporarily in the earlier days of the pandemic. Um, we do have in our packet this week some back and forth from the mayor and Todd Blake with the MBTA. And the way the MBTA inevitably thanked the mayor for her advocacy is suspending these routes indefinitely um, in mid-August. So um, this is especially concerning to me because uh, frontline workers, which are going into work every day, are people who are more likely to need public transportation. Um, and we have essentially cut them off from these express routes, not we, the MBTA. Um, and I did speak with our state delegation about this, and they are working on it. And they, um, they, what they told me that we can do is really show uh, a unified front on this. So I'm just asking, uh, moving approval on this paper to really demand that the MBTA reinstate these essential links and, and help people from Medford get um, on those express routes into Boston where they need to go uh, get to work. Thank you. Second, Mr. President. Thank you, Council Morrell. On the motion of Council Morrell, seconded by Council Beers. You have Council Scarpelli that wanted to Thank you, Mr. President. Council Scarpelli. So I did, I spoke with um, our state delegates with uh, Council uh, Representative Donato, Representative Garbali. I think that uh, I asked them for permission that uh, to hold a committee of uh, a subcommittee meeting on transportation to bring them back because uh, the exact words they use that they were lied to by the the administration of the T. So, and that that's bothersome considering uh, those gentlemen and um, and their partner in crime and Christine Barber have uh, other people that make sure they get their funding needed to make sure their um, business runs. So, these are. Um, these are the MO, this is the MO for the, the T that they uh, promise and don't fulfill what, they, what they've asked, uh, what, what they say when they come in. I know that we have many resolutions that can show that. So um, I did uh, talk to our representatives and did talk to a few people that uh, traverse that route. And um, if, I, if we can, I know that we're very fortunate we have our city clerk that knows all the ins and outs and the people that need to be called. So I, I'm going to call on um, Adam Herdebees, if he can, to help us again to get those people that we need at a table. I think that before we do that, um, I think we need to do a ridership study that shows the numbers. I know the numbers are down right now, but that doesn't mean, um, that really doesn't mean anything because with what Mike was saying, it's uh, quality instead of quantity now. So we need those we need those buses, and um, um, we'll be calling for a subcommittee meeting. They're ready to go whenever you are council president, where we can find a date that's open and um, get those uh, representatives at a, at a table to answer a lot of questions. I mean, we're also waiting for the Department of Transportation to still give us an answer on ready south of Maine. So um, as we're seeing traffic pick up now, there was a lull, so there really uh, there wasn't a outcry, but as you're seeing the uh, traffic 
uptick that we're going to start seeing some issues again. It's, it's something we need to do. So thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. I think actually uh, uh, Councilor Scarpelli made most of the points. Um, you know, again, it's just an example of poor communication or directly uh, false communication made to people in the city around this issue. Um, so I completely agree. And I did not know that they were also sending uh, their communications to our state delegation as well. So it sounds like we have uh, some issues to address here. Thank you, Councilor Bears. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, I, I find this ironic. I find it ironic that the MBTA cuts the express bus service that people take because the other modes of transit that the T offers are so inefficient and unreliable. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, you take the bus, you take the 325. Councilor Mox takes the 325. You take the 325 because you don't want to take a bus to a train station and miss the bus or wait for a bus that's late to get to the train station to be packed in like a sardine or miss the first two trains when you get there because there's no room for you to get on the train. Um, so it, it, it's nonsensical to me in a way, Mr. President. It's like they created these express, express lanes because people needed to get to work and couldn't rely on the existing modalities that the MBTA was offering. Right, so here we are now going back and they're gonna cut these from our community, which is fine. They're gonna cut them, okay, that's what you wanna do. I'm assuming that there's gonna be a corresponding cut in our assessment because our assessment's based on the level of service that we receive. And if they're cutting our services, then they should also be cutting our assessments. Mm -hmm. So my question would be also, um, what impact does this have on the MBTA's assessment to the community of Medford where they're, they're cutting service for the bus line, the assessments for our bus service should be cut as well. Um, so I'd ask that question as to what's the correlating um, assessment reduction um, with the reduction in these bus lines. I'd offer that in the form of a, a mo an amendment. Amendment, okay. Thank you, Councilor Knight. So that is an amendment to the paper. Second the amendment. I'm still copying the amendment down. I also neglected to offer that as amendment too that our clerk reach out to the, the, the our state delegates who already know and the representatives from the T to um, one, begin by putting a study, a ridership study together and, and be prepared to uh, hold a subcommittee on transportation as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Clerk Curtis, do you have both of the amendments that have been put forth? Yes. Um, Councilor Knight's amendment uh, was uh, answered the question, will there be a, will, will there be a cut in, in the uh, assessment uh, to go along with the corresponding cut in service? Is that correct, Council? You got it, brother. Yep. Councilor Scarpelli um, is to have the uh, former MBTA Chief of Staff reach out to the state delegation and the MBTA uh, and uh, and also to commission a ridership study right and then uh, meet in subcommittee on, in the subcommittee on transportation the state delegates correct yes. and a state delegation yes thank you okay I'll take that former chief of staff too thank, thank you Councilor Scarpelli thank you Councilor Knight Councilor Marks uh, thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank Councilor Morell for bringing this up. 
Um, you know, th there's a patent here. Uh, you know, over the last two years, in, mostly two years, uh, the MBTA has tried to cut a number of bus routes uh, over and over again, Mr. President, and residents have to stand up and fight and contact the T and contact their state delegation and their mayor and the city council. And it's pretty disturbing uh, that, um, you know, that uh, an MBTA, that their chief mission is to provide access of uh, transportation and they're constantly looking to cut back transportation uh, in surrounding communities. So th that's number one, Mr. President. Um, for full disclosure, I, I do, uh, for the past four years, I've taken both the 325 and the 326. So some of this is, from my own selfish standpoint, uh, someone that takes that bus and, and uh, has been on the bus with uh, many, many other people that rely on that bus for transportation to and from work, Mr. President. Um, Councilor Knight hit the nail on the head, and, and I've been talking about this literally for, I hate to say it, probably close to 20 years. You, 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 let, me, let me tell you, the MBTA has over $66 million in tax-exempt property in this community. Tax exempt, Mr. President, $66 million that they don't pay the city of Method one nickel for. Their assessment to us for providing T services as of 2017 was uh, about $3.7 million. So that's what they charge us over and above when you pay a fare, when you get your T card, when you pay 20% of the 5% uh, sales tax. That's over and above we pay as a community as Council Knight mentioned, for this particular service. So when we have an express bus, we have additional routes, people say, wow, Method has great access. We pay for it, Mr. President. In many surrounding communities, Winchester, Arlington, you name it, they come to Method to jump on the express bus, or to get on the, uh, the train in West Method, or, you know, or to go to Wellington. They come into our community. We're paying a heavy assessment. And he's absolutely right. Back some years ago, I offered a motion, which was passed and sent to our state delegation many years ago, that we offset the uh, T assessment based on the uh, tax-exempt property they have in our community. So if it's $3.7 million that they come and take from us to operate services, they owe us $66 million for having uh, tax-exempt property in the community. So that's how we offset it. Needless to say, it never went anywhere in the state legislature. But that's a whole other story for another time. Um, Method has the sixth highest assessment out of the 175 communities that use the local assistance fund. We have the sixth highest assessment. So when it's mentioned, like Council Knight mentioned, that, you know what, if they're going to take service away, why wouldn't you cut the assessment? Why wouldn't you cut that assessment? We're paying for it. It's not something we're getting for free. We're paying for it through many different streams. It comes right off our cherry sheet. So whatever local aid we get from uh, the state, they look at it and say, okay, uh, Method, you're going to get $15 million. We're taking $3.7 million for the T assessment. So we're paying, Mr. President. And I think the, uh, the T should answer to this. They really need to answer. So I support what Councilor Knight offered, offered. I'd also like to know, Mr. President, how they're going to start to pay us back for the $66 million 
and tax-exempt property they have in this community. Between Wellington Station, the car bonds on Salem Street. So I appreciate my colleague putting this on there, and I'd like to hear back from the MBTA to find out exactly, Mr. President, you know, if this is a temporary uh, cut or re reduction in service, that's one thing. That's not the impression I'm getting. Once they make the cut, it's going to be very difficult to get it back. You remember the days, Mr. President, that we had a fight because there were so many people standing on the 325 and 326, it became a safety concern. You are correct. It was over the capacity. And we asked them to put on additional buses because the 325 and 326 couldn't accommodate the needs of our community. And they never did so, Mr. President. I think they may have put on a route here or there, and then they ended up, uh, yeah, I think they ended up putting one route on, and then they ended up canceling that. But that shows you the need in the community. I realize COVID has decreased the need, but it's going to come back. Everything's going to come back, and that's going to come back. And I don't want to be behind the eight ball, Mr. President, when residents are looking for the 325 and 326. So I would ask they give us a commitment in the form of a motion, Mr. President, that this is just a temporary reduction in what their plans are for future service for the express bus. They want to keep people off the roads. They want to keep cars from going into Boston. Why would you eliminate express bus? We have an express lane. What's that used for? There's no express bus. You are correct. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. And if I, if I may, uh, thank Councilor Morrell for bringing this forward. And I know uh, a number of councilors, Councilor Marks in particular, and myself, I've uh, brought up numerous uh, resolutions about uh, the 325 and the 326 bus for years. Um, I have taken, I've been a passenger on that 325 and the 326 for probably probably just about 20 years now. And, um, and like Councilor Marks mentioned, these bus routes have become more and more popular uh, pre-pandemic than, than I've ever seen since I've been taking them. Um, and uh, one of my biggest concerns is when they said they were going to temporarily suspend service, that they would never bring service back. And that seems, that seems to uh, come to fruition now. And, and I did uh, give uh, uh, Representative Donato a call today to talk uh, specifically about this. And he basically told me the same thing he told Councilor Scarpelli, and that is that the MBTA lied to him and to the whole entire state delegation. It's very unfortunate. Um, I know he's, he is uh, uh, Representative Donato and the uh, rest of the uh, state delegation is uh, fighting to bring these, uh, the, this bus service back, the 325 and 326. Uh, I know they're working hard at it, um, but it's very unfortunate that, that the MBTA has done this. Um, and I think knowing the MBTA, when we try to bring it back, they're not just going to bring it back. They're going to probably want all kinds of proof that ridership is there. And that, that's a piece I think that's going to be probably hard to prove because right now ridership is low due to the pandemic. Um, so, uh, uh, Councilor Scarpelli, I, I, I like the idea of uh, scheduling a uh, a subcommittee to look at this and bring in the state delegation and, and bring in the MBTA and ask really good solid questions and really you know getting them to commit to a timetable as to when they're going to come you know when they're going to bring things back or when they're going to reevaluate but this needs to be addressed and it needs to be addressed sooner than later.
So, Councilor Morali, thank you for bringing this forward tonight. And at this time, I would call upon Councilor Beers. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, you just used the phrase temporarily suspended, and it reminded me I'm pretty sure the E branch of the Green Line past Heath Street has been temporarily suspended since 1998. And the clerk could correct me, but the A branch maybe has been temporarily suspended since 1969. So. <laughs> thank you. Council Bears, 1969 was before I was born. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Thank you, Council Bears. So on the motion of Council Morrell, seconded by Second. Vice President Carviello, as amended by Council Knight, Council Scott Pelly, and Council Marks. Clark Hardebees. Actually, no, are there any questions on this before we call the roll? I don't see any hands raised. Clark Hardebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Sorry, Council Knight, I couldn't hear you. That's, that's <laughs> Thank you. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. 20-531 offered by Vice President Caviello will be a result of the Memphis City Council request that the administration immediately provide funding to the clerk's office to hire additional personnel, both permanent and temporary, for the upcoming November and future elections. Vice President Caviello. Mr. President, I think uh, Councilor Bears has um, a similar resolution, uh, 20536, if you'd like to read that also. Yep, move to join. Was that 20560? Uh, 536. No, oh, I'm sorry, 536. Okay. So, uh, 20536 offered by Council of whereas Medford residents had serious concerns about voting during the September 1st state primary election, including missing materials, incorrect information, limited public statements, and forcing uh, of some voters to vote in person without an effective mail option. Now, therefore, be resolved that the Memphis City Council urges the city administration to ensure that the registrars of voters and city clerk have all resources and staffing necessary to conduct the November 3rd general election, given the significant increase in demand for mail ballots. Be it further resolved that the city administration provide ballot drop boxes at locations other than Memphis City Hall. Be it further resolved that all elections communications be translated into languages other than English in a prompt manner for public consumption. So the motion is by Councillor Caviello, seconded by Councillor Bears to join these resolutions. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven affirmative, zero in the negative. The motions are joined. At this point, I would call on Vice President Caviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, I think, um, I think we've all seen uh, after this last election uh, that the way we've done elections um, in the past are no longer viable, uh, especially with the uh, early voting uh, for a week, uh, the mail-in ballots. Uh, this is no longer a, a one-day event like it, like it has been in the past. Uh, the day of using volunteers uh, to do this is, is now in the past. Um, we, I, I think it's, a, it's time that um, through the clerk's office and the election department that we come up with uh, some, some staffing requirements and some funding mechanisms uh, to uh, bring our election process and voting process up to 
the this this new uh, way of doing it. If you know, if, if we're going to, uh, um, you know, we, we we've been, we've talked about in the past how we have encouraged people to vote. We encourage people to vote. Well, I think uh, this primary was uh, was a, a tremendous turnout. Uh, I think I think we had uh, one of the probably one of the best primaries we had in, in many many years. So uh, and you saw you saw the clerk struggle uh, and you know with, with you know with staffing problems and, and funding problems. So again, I, I think it's time that um, that the clerk and his election department uh, start requesting some funding and, and start changing uh, the ways that we've done in the past to, to bring it up to way uh, uh, voting is is is, is uh, going to be going forward. Thank you, Councilor Vice President Carviello. Councilor Pierce. Thank you, Mr. President. I agree with uh, Vice President Carviello wholeheartedly. Um, I think it's uh, necessary that we get the resources down. I, I'm almost able to talk, but he's washing his window. Um, <laughs> I, I really think it's important that we get resources to, to City Hall, in, including a, a permanent elections coordinator, which has clearly uh, been requested over and over again. Um, Additionally, I think there are some things we could do uh, to um, make sure that residents are more informed and have the information in a more prompt way, as well as um, providing these ballot drop boxes in a couple other locations other than City Hall. Um, I have spoken to the clerk extensively about this, and, and I just want to relay, you know, I think the clerk did a very difficult job in very difficult circumstances in a way that produced a result that we can count on. Um, so I want to make that clear, but that doesn't mean that we can't do more, and that doesn't mean that the clerk doesn't need more to do things right. Um, we know the turnout's going to be significantly higher um, uh, on <laughs> on November 3rd. I think Councillor Scarpelli's also raising his hand. Um, Everybody wants to talk on this, so keep going. But, uh, you know, again, there's a lot that we could do to help. I have spoken with the clerk. I've also spoken with uh, Chief of Staff Dave Rodriguez, and I'm confident that efforts are going to be made to accomplish the election in a, in a better way in November. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Pierce. Uh, we have, oops, we have Councilor, Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, and I, I thank uh, my fellow councilors for bringing this forth. I know we all heard from many residents about this, and I did, um, I think we've talked about communication on a number of issues around this, and I think it would be beneficial, and I'd like to add it in the form of an amendment, to get a, a report from the clerk's um, communication that can be posted on the website or, or, or shared in another way that just addresses how um, we're addressing for this upcoming election to ensure that the mistakes that happened, um, and I know it has to do with volume and many issues, but that the mistakes that happened for the state primary do not happen again, and people can have um, faith in whatever uh, option or vehicle they use to, to vote for the uh, November election. So I'd like to add that in the form of an amendment. Thank you, Council Morrell. Uh, Council Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. And um, through you to the city clerk and his team, uh, Babe, Janice Haley, uh, the registrars of voters, um, they didn't have an easy task. And, you know, they really didn't know what was going on until the last minute. And um, I think that the state didn't help us out in allowing us uh, ample opportunity to plan properly. And because of that, we met some bumps in the road and snafus. Um, but I think it's important to point out the hours of work that these employees put in during early voting, vote by mail, and the like, Mr. President. And it, and it expands further than just the clerk's office and the registrar's office to so the countless volunteers that were up here um, hour after hour, day after day during early voting. 
Um, so, you know, I think it's important to point out that mistakes will happen and mistakes do happen. And as long as we identify that a mistake happened, we own it, which is one of the clerk Herterby's favorite things to do when a mistake happens, and provide corrective action, we're all going to be in a better place. Um, and I think that the clerk has the team around him that's going to allow him to do that. All right, so with that being said, Mr. President, um, I know there were some bumps in the road, and I know that it could have been handled a little bit smoother. Um, and I have all the confidence in the world in the team that's down there now that this won't happen again. Um, but getting back to operations and in, in, from an operational standpoint, would it make sense for us, because of COVID, to condense the number of polling locations? Just a question to put out there, Mr. President. You know, do we need 15 polling locations when we have early voting and vote by mail and then, you know, a lower turnout at the polls because of this? Um, it's a question to chew on. It's a policy question that's going to have to go through the Board of Registrars of Voters. I know that um, it would probably require a homo petition because state law does mandate that I think there's, what, 4,000 voters per precinct? Something like that. So it would take some work, Mr. President, but um, I don't know if it's an effort worth exploring or not um, for the simple fact that it will reduce the cost of elections. There's ample opportunity and time for people to come in and early vote, vote by mail, and absentee vote, and we can consolidate the locations. We won't need as much personnel, so the margin of error might be smaller um, is all I'm saying. So it's something to talk about, something to, to think about, Mr. President, that I, I look forward to discussing at a future committee of the whole if possible. Thank you, Council Knight. We have Councillor Marks. Th thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank uh, Councillor uh, Caviel and Councillor Beers for putting this on tonight. Uh, if we recall, when we were deliberating the budget, uh, it was mentioned, I know I brought it up, uh, the city clerk did request uh, for an additional position which in the, within the Registrar Voters Office. It never found its way into the budget, but there was a request. So at the time, the, the city clerk realized that uh, due to the uh, upcoming election, the nature of the election, what's going to be requested of his office, the amount of votes that will be potentially early voting, uh, mailed in, and so forth, that it required uh, someone from the Registrar of Voters Office to coordinate these efforts, which currently doesn't exist right now. Uh, as my colleague mentioned, you have Mrs. Joyce, you have uh, Mrs. Lamoni in there, you have Sandy that does a great job um, on, a, I believe, a part-time basis. You have a number of other uh, staff people, Mr. President. They did the best they could, but clearly uh, the uh, clerk, who is also uh, the chief election officer in the community, uh, felt uh, uh, fit that uh, it would require additional personnel. And I think the time to stand up was during the budget. Now it's after the fact. And I think we're all looking back saying, in retrospect, we probably should have asked for that position, even though it wasn't part of the budget, but was requested as, if you want to call it a wish list. Um, and that would have been an important uh, position, Mr. President, in my opinion, uh, to make sure that our uh, elections are on the up and up and uh, the integrity of our elections, which should be of the utmost important, uh, importance for us as uh, elected officials and as a community, Mr. President. So uh, I just want to put that out there that um, I don't think it's too late now, if we do need it, Mr. President, that we as a council can ask uh, that the city administration, which I'm going to do in the form of a motion, that the city administration 
put into uh, the um, budget uh, language that would um, put forth the position of a coordinator in the Registrar of Voters Office. And I know the city clerk has the exact title and what the job description would be, Mr. President. And I would ask that he supply that uh, on this resolution back to the city administration uh, because we know it's going to be needed. Uh, it's not, as my council colleagues mentioned, this is not going to get any easier uh, in November or next year or the following election. Um, and the position is needed, and it's a long time coming in this community, Mr. President. We were able to get through elections for many years, but I think now's the time we have to, as a community, step up our game and ensure the integrity of our elections, and in doing so, uh, hire the appropriate personnel to make sure that happens. Second, Mr. Thank President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Con so, Councilor Marks, is that a... That's a long motion. Is that a B paper? <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you want to make it a B paper. Okay, so that'll be a B paper. It's on the motion of Council Marks' B paper, seconded by Councilor Beers in here? Yep. Okay. Uh, Clerk Hardabees, do you have the language on the B paper? Hey, I'm just second, Mr. President. Council Marks' B paper is for the city administration to put into the budget language for election coordinator in the Registrar's of Voters Office with the language for that. Uh, for that position to be supplied by uh, the city clerk. Perfect. Okay, and uh, if if I may, uh, if I may add briefly, um, you know, thank you to uh, everyone in the clerk's office, the registrar voters' office. Um, you know, I know uh, they are very hardworking. I know they go nonstop. Um, they do a great job. Um, you know, were there some issues? Yes, but I know that the clerk has been working on that. And, uh, you know, the important thing is, is to figure out what those issues were and, you know, to uh, make sure that they don't happen again. I know he's been, him and his team have been working on that and they will continue to work on that. I know that they will do a great job in November, but I think it is also important that um, the administration look at uh, supplying additional funding to uh, make sure that those offices have the help that they need in November. So I thank the consulates for bringing this resolution forward. And at this point in time, uh, since no one has a hand up, I, yes, oh, I'm sorry. Council Scott Pelley. Thank you, uh, thank you for my colleagues for bringing this forward. I think that um, I too talked to uh, city clerk and um, in our administration. I think this is important that, I think Council Carviel hit the nail on the head. Uh, this isn't uh, the elections of old. And um, I know that when you see uh, Adam Herdeby is like, I did on election day. It, um, it, it hurt me just watching him um, pound the pavement. So um, his staff works super hard and he puts in the extra hours, but I think sometimes hard work and uh, overdoing it hourly isn't the answer. I think it's making sure that we give him the tools that are gonna make him successful. Uh, because again, what you're seeing, especially in today's society, um, you're opening yourself up for a lot of negativity and uh, a lot of negative feedback. Um, so especially with this um, upcoming presidential election, we want to make sure that we have everything in order so we eliminate any of the negativity. So um, again, I appreciate it and I thank um, uh, Claire Curtabees and his staff for um, doing the work that they do. But, and I concur with Council Mox. I think it's a great idea we move forward with it. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. We have, uh, let's see, we have, I believe it's uh, Marjorie wants to speak. Marjorie, name and address for the record, please. 
Hi, uh, my name is Marcia Pearson. I live at 11 Upton Terrace in Medford. And I thank all of you for, for listening to me as we have many times in the past. This is a, an incredibly important issue to me because this is the most crucial election that's ever happened in my lifetime, which is longer than you might think. And uh, my particular concern was around having sufficient ballot boxes supervised, if possible, around the city so that uh, uh, people who are unable to, to vote in person or maybe maybe voting for the first time and not have transportation, uh, be able to cast their vote. Uh, and I, I, I thank you all for bringing this, this issue uh, to, 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 to your attention and, and all of your interest. The other concern I have is that I, 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 there is a possibility that there may be uh, more poll watching happening uh, in, in elections throughout the country and possibly in Medford. And perhaps uh, we might consider having some security at at polls, at at at, at, at personal in-person voting, when this might occur. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So we have. Uh, let's see. Um, Melissa Young had Melissa Young. Name and address for the record, Melissa. Hi, um, I'm Melissa Young, I'm at 68 Bolton Street, and I also sent in a letter, so I won't go into detail, you guys have it for the record. Um, I just want to say uh, I would encourage you to support this resolution. Um, I worked the March election, so I would also go ahead and say that I would not recommend reducing the number of polling locations, whether or not they get added on, that's another story. Um, but we had lined out the door during the March election, and that was even nearly as busy as the previous election. Um, in addition, a coordinator would help the city in just getting the communication out, um, modernizing, um, doing reviews after an election to reassess what went wrong, how you can do it better. I mean, when you have a dedicated staff member and this is their role to modernize things, it, it, things just happen faster. Uh, I just would encourage you to support it. Um, and, and I have more examples in my letter to support, but I just wanted to provide that information. Thank you. Thank you. Let's see, uh, Clark Hardeby's. Okay, there, uh, let's see, Council Mox, did you Mr. President. Are you all set, Council Mox? Just to make sure. Okay, thank you. Uh, I, I, I wasn't, did you have your hand up earlier or no? Clark Hardeby's, I, I wasn't. No, okay, perfect, okay. On the motion, on, so there's a number of papers here. So on the B paper that was offered by Councilor Knight, like, uh, I'm sorry, Councilor Marks, and it was seconded by, I believe it was Councilor Bears. Clark Harbees, can you please call the roll? Councilor Bears. Councilor Bears, I didn't hear you. Co Councilor Bears uh, left the room. <laughs> okay. Well, that explains why I didn't hear him. Uh, <laughs> Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. 
President Falco. Yes, and Consul Pierce just walked into the room. Yes. Was that a yes? That was a yes. Okay, seven, that's on the B paper. Seven, the affirmative, zero, and the negative. The motion passes on the B paper. On the main motion that was offered by, uh, actually, by Council, Vice President Carviello and Councilor Beers. Mr. President, I offer an amendment. Did it get a second? I offered an amendment. You offered an amendment? Did, yeah, did it not get it. I can't remember if it got a second or not. On the main paper? Or yes. On the main paper. Oh, okay, so <laughs> Council Morrell had, had, had an amendment to the main paper. Yep, yeah, I get it here. So, on the motion of Vice President Carviello uh, and Council Bears, seconded by. What's the second? The, uh, yes, as a, yeah, as amended by Council Morrell. Clerk Erdebees, please call the roll. Who's the second on the motion? Council Scarpelli. Thank you. Thanks. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Thank you. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. 20-532 offered by Vice President Carabiello. Be resolved that the Memphis City Council have the DCR repair the guardrail on Route 16 bridge in Auburn Street in the interest of public safety. Vice President Carviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, um, this is something I put on about eight months ago, and um, it, it took a while to fix, and it was fixed, and um, three months later, uh, the guardrail has been hit again. Uh, just, uh, just that spot, and again, um, the guardrail is, is is on the side. You know, it's on the, it's it's broken onto the sidewalk, and it's making it hard to uh, for people to traverse. So again, if if we could refer this uh, to Representative Gobbling's office, I, I did speak to him briefly about it. But if you could uh, send him an official uh, thing in the DCR, um, they have this uh, repaired again in the interest of public safety. And Mr. President. Um, while we're sending something to the DCR in to uh, represent Godly, uh, on August 11th, I, I, I made a resolution uh, 20474 about removing the trees from the uh, in the river uh, because you know paddle uh, paddle Boston's there and a lot of people kayak and everything. Uh, it never went to the DCR and ended up going to uh, Aggie Tudin. Uh, and she does. She's you know, she's wrote back that she has no you know, jurisdiction over the waterway and the yeah. trees. So uh, I think this. Uh, 20474 should have gone to Representative Gobbley and the DCR. Uh, so if we can, if you want to combine these two together, uh, when when the clerk sends this paper to, to both offices. So why don't we amend it to have that paper sent to the correct agency to have the tree taken care of? Thank you. Okay. So on the so on the motion of Vice President Caviello, seconded by second uh, seconded by Council Affairs, as amended by Vice President Caviello, Clerk Hardy, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero the negative, the motion passes. 
20-533, offered by Vice President Caviello, be a result that the Memphis City Council have the school department have have the school department have the two collection bins at the Andrews School emptied as soon as possible in the interest of public health. Thank you, Mr. Caviello. President. Mr. President, um, I was by the Andrews School uh, last week, and they have uh, two collection bins there, and they're overflowing. Uh, and all along the side of them is all there's all. Uh, these have gone from uh, collection bins to uh, garbage dumps now. There's, there's furniture there. There's there's, there's car seats. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I think they've kind of uh, uh, gone a different way. Uh, and I, I know we did receive uh, communication uh, from the mayor's office about uh, something I offered last year about uh, ordinances uh, for, the, for the collection bins. So I'm, I'm glad to see uh, uh, the motion that I made last year is going to. But again, um, this is at the school. It looks horrible when you drive by there. There's, 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 all, there's all rubbish all between all of them, and there's, there's rodents that are going in and out of there. So if we could have that taken care of, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Vice President Caviello. Council Light. Uh, Mr. President, I second the motion. Okay. Uh, any questions from the council? Any questions in general? No. Okay, on the motion of Vice President Caviello, seconded by Council Light. Clerk Kirby, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Council Knight? Yes. Council Marks? Yes. Council Morell? Yes. Council Scarpelli? Yes. President Falco? Yes. Senate in the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. 20-534, offered by Council of Bears. Whereas the new Ball Square MBTA Green Line is designed as a walkable transit station for the South Memphis neighborhood, and whereas pedestrian safety and infrastructure conditions require improvements to support the transit-oriented mixed-use development in multimodal re reality of the new station. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Medford City Council that the representatives of the Office of Community Development, Community Development Board, Green Line Extension Project, Building Commissioner, and South Medford, re South Medford residents together meet with the City Council and Community the Hall to discuss a district plan for the Ball Square Boston Avenue corridor. Council of Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, so as we're aware, the Green Line Extension project is well underway, nearing completion, hopefully next year if all targets are met. Um, the stations in Medford, the Ball Square station is actually mostly in Medford. And of course, the uh, Hillside, uh, the Tufts station, I believe, Medford Tufts is what it's called. Um, you know, they are walkable stations. There is not parking designated for those stations. So they are designed uh, to be walked to and use other modes of transportation like buses and, and bikes. Um, the intent of this resolution is after speaking to some folks in the area um, and also some developments with development in the area, really taking a hard look at making a district plan for the region along Boston Ave near Ball Square. Um, obviously, Somerville has just gone through a major rezoning that's going to significantly affect traffic into Medford. Um, so the proposal here is that we would meet in Committee of the Whole to discuss a district plan um, that would include transportation improvements, zoning, um, all the things that would need to go into uh, really updating what we, uh, what we do in that area. Um, you know, one part of the Green Line extension is that around these walkable stations, the MBTA is really supposed to work with the local authorities, um, with the municipality to make significant improvements around the stations. Um, I think we want to do that as part of a coherent plan 
um, addressing concerns of neighbors as well as uh, addressing you know kind of some of the new opportunities we might have around growth around development around improving the area um, so again that's the intent here meeting committee of the whole with representatives who have a stake in this um, and I move approval thank you council bears on the motion uh, any questions oh we have a question oh we actually let's see Laurel Ruma Okay. Uh, thank you so much. I would please ask that the resolution be changed to include the station stops of, of uh, Medford Tufts. Medford does have two Green Line stations here in Medford, uh, which is a fantastic uh, part of the Green Line extension. Ball Square in South Medford and then Medford Tufts at College and Boston Avenue. Um, what we know about this project is that people will come from at least a mile radius to the station and again because there's no parking at the train station um people will be walking and riding bikes so just like to make sure the resolution actually includes both of the train stations thank you thank you oh, one last thing yes. we're on budget and on time All to right. have the trains running by december 2021 so we're a year away almost there <laughs> awesome thank you laurel and i'd be happy to amend the paper to add uh, the um you know Medford Tough Station and to look at all the way down to Boston Ave to the to the Medford Tough Station. So you want to amend it? You yeah. Amend it? Okay. So. Yes, uh, let's see. Council Knight. Can we invite Tufts University to the meeting as well? Yes. Given the circumstances, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so we'll see you on the motion of Councilor Bears, seconded by Councilor Morell, as amended by Councilors. Bears and Councilor Knight. On that motion, Clark Hernabees, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Burrell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. 20-535 offered by Consulate Bears. Be it resolved that President Falco meet with the Board of Health to define what public health metrics will be used to determine the ability of the council to meet in council chambers or if the council must meet in a virtual setting and how often they will be considered. Be it further resolved that President Falco meet with the Board of Health to define what conditions and public health measures will be used to determine whether members of the public can attend meetings in council chambers. Be it further resolved that President Falco and the Board of Health work with the city solicitor to ensure compliance with state law regulations and emergency orders. Council of Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, yeah, I think this issue has come up a lot from a lot of folks, um, including myself. Um, and it goes back to something that was said earlier around having options. We have options. Um, around these meetings. I think we've added another option, which is not without its flaws in this meeting hybrid that we're having right now, which has, has its own issues as well as Zoom. Um, but in, you know, I think the views of what public health says, we have not chosen the safest option. Um, we have not chosen the option to meet virtually, not meet in person, which um, would be the safest option. So I'd, I'd like to have some public health metrics and, and guidance around this beyond just let's meet in the chamber we can't have the public here we can't have any of our guests here let me tell you sitting over here between four different barriers trying to look at this tv screen and see what people are saying is 
you know, not the easiest thing in the world when my glasses are fogged up because I'm wearing my mask. So um, there's benefits and, and, you know, costs to all of the models that we've looked at so far with Zoom and the hybrid model. Um, I think given that fact that neither is perfect, we should be taking the safest choice. Um, so that's what my resolution is intended to do. And quite frankly, I've received several messages tonight asking why some counselors are wearing masks and others aren't. Um, so I would also propose a B paper that uh, the council president mandate masks behind the rail while we're meeting. Okay. Uh Uh, so we had an, uh, I'm sorry, was it? I'm not wearing a mask I'm a <laughs> That's not how this works. Mr. President. No. Okay, thank you, Councilor Knight. Councilor, wait a second. We have a, we have Councilor Morrell and then Councilor Scott Pelley. I'm sorry. I got the names mixed up on the screen, so. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, I want to thank Councilor Bears for bringing this forth because it is a, a reminder that it's not just us in here. It's, it's our families. It's everyone we interact in those. <laughs> within those essential activities so every anytime you bring together x number of people you increase the rate of potential transmission so i think it's just important to note it's not just us it's everyone we interact with in the community and it's a public health issue thank you thank you council morrell council scarpelli okay council Falco, to just keep things positive um we are in a chambers where we are protected by glass with an open seat where I am at least eight to 10 feet away from Council Knight. I'm 15 feet away from Council Morrell. There's nobody else around me. No one else around me. There's PPE equipment all over the room that we can use. CDC guidelines has me run camps every day with up to 50 kids using these, these schematics, these these guidelines to say that this is 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 any way dangerous because the 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 ruling of social media again spewing negativity is a shame stay positive we agree with council council bears with having the opportunity to have many options that people need but what he seems to re, re, return over and over again that there are people that don't do Zoom. So even if there's people scattered out here, six feet apart, and even if it's the five people that can't make these meetings, this is the reason why we had the issue months ago at the budget meetings, because people have an option to come to these chambers. Point of information, Mr. So, President. Point of information, Council Pierce. I am positive that I do not want to be COVID positive. Thank you. Hypocrisy is amazing, but going forward, going forward, this is this is this is not this is the form of the solution. This is the city's form. So, like I said, I appreciate my my fellow council talking about having people have the opinion to stay healthy and choosing Zoom. I understand that. Whether I like it or not, I understand it and I support it. But at the same time. If it's one or two or three or five or 25 people that want to come to this forum because they won't do this Zoom, they have an opportunity to. So I look forward to sitting with the Board of Health. I appreciate that. I welcome that. I'll vote and support that a thousand percent because I want to hear the Board of Health person, the board member is going to tell me that you're going to allow 400 people in a school, but you're not going to allow people here. People voted here. 
people volunteered here with no fear. No fear at all. Hypocrisy is amazing. Uh, Thank you, Mr. President. Point of information, Mr. President. Can you make it a point? Point, point of information, Mr. President. Council Bears, point of information. Yeah, I mean, that's a false equivalence. Those are not the same things. False we've, been, we've been sitting in, yeah, it is. I mean, we can talk about it or not, but you can't compare two entirely different things and say they're the same thing and then call well, someone a hypocrite. It's, it's just not true, Councillor Scarpelli. Right. And if we want to talk about how this virus spreads, it's a lot of people sitting in this. Do you think this glass is protecting anyone? in a long term when airborne particles and droplets are spreading. I mean, it's just not based in the science around how this spreads. And quite frankly, I'm the youngest one here. I'm wearing a mask. If you wear a mask, it's to protect other people. I'm at the least risk here. So I'm just saying, I don't think we want to be in a situation where there are counselors who are sick and God forbid there's four counselors who are sick. And I understand that, you know, other people may feel differently. I don't think this is a time for feelings. I think this is a time for science and public health. Uh, we have Councilor Morell and then Councilor Marks. Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. I mean, this is really an innocuous, uh, ironically, an innocuous uh, resolution. And I think there is, you know, the research and studies are still coming out to Councilor Bear's point about how this transmits. Sure, these, we you know, you look at any spray, this actually doesn't do anything. And we're sitting in recirculated air, so we can't sit here and say, we, we just had long conversations about the air quality in the high school, and then it's. Uh, I'm at a loss for words here because, again, this is a very innocuous, have a conversation, look at some metrics, how do we move forward resolution, and it shouldn't inspire this level of ire and anger and, and finger pointing. Point of information, Mr. President. Point of information, Mr. President. Point of information, thank you, Councilor Merrill. Councilor, uh, point of information, Councilor Scott Kelly. Thank the Councilor intent Mark. of the resolution was fine. But to, to respond that people and social media responding to our fellow colleagues and saying, even that our masks, that's a joke. That's hypocrisy. Thank hey, you. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Marks. Mr. President. Oh, it is on now. One, minute, one second. Mr. Not President, so. did you not meet or was the Board of Health Director not in this chamber and gave approval? Uh, to this setup, Mr. President? Yes, correct, correct. So, right. so if I may really quick. Mr. President, if I could. Yes. Can you not go to a restaurant, indoor or outdoor, and sit six feet from someone else without, I, I plexi, without plexiglass, Mr. President? Have we not been told, Mr. President, that we can't exceed 25 people in this chamber, Mr. President? Correct. Do we exceed those numbers, Mr. President? Have we adhered to all the rules and regulations, Mr. President? If my colleague wants to stick his head in the sand, but meanwhile attend every rally possible, every rally with hundreds of people glad hand and shaking hands, then so be it, Mr. President. It is the height of hypocrisy, Mr. President, to stand there and say that someone would be in danger attending this meeting, Mr. President. Shame on ever spreading that around, Mr. President. Yeah, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Knight and then Councilor Bears. Councilor Knight. Mr. President, I just want to say this. Um, now, we've been doing this Zoom thing now for what? Since St. Patty's Day? Yes. All right, so that's going back to March 16th, March 17th. We've been doing the Zoom. Um, I don't like Zoom at all. I think it's awful. I have a terrible setup for it in my home. I got two young kids. I can't put them on lockdown for seven and eight and nine hour long meetings and tell them, don't say a word in the house, guys. I got a Zoom meeting going on. All right. It doesn't work for me. 
Um, but I will say this, and I don't think anybody can shake a stick at it. The last two meetings that we've had in this chambers have been the best run meetings that we've had since St. Patrick's Day. And I'll be happy to say that, Mr. President. The reason why is because we're in these chambers and we're doing business where business is supposed to be done. And that's why when the governor issued his executive order, bodies public were exempt. Thank you, Council All night. So just to let everyone know, you know, before we get, uh, Council Beers. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I believe when you walk into the building, it says you have to keep your mask on. So again, you know, if we're talking about following all rules and regulations, that's fine. That's not what this resolution says. It says I'd like to check on that. It says that we should have, not, not that the process that has gone through approval now is at issue here, Councillor Marks, through the chair. It's that if things change, do we need to make a different decision and how are we having the information to make that choice? That's what it's saying. I'll be completely honest. The reason I proposed to be paper is because I've been wearing my mask this whole time and showing you the courtesy of doing that and I would like that to be returned to me. And if it's not, then I will attend in a way that makes me feel safe. But, you know, if my counselors don't want to do that or they don't feel that wearing a mask is necessary, that's, that's fine with them. I'm going to make a decision to make myself feel safe. I think, I think that to Councillor Knight's point, to the integrity of the body, do we want President Falco trying to call on me on Zoom and call on you in here? It's already hard enough with the two of us in these back seats without a signal. So I ask for that reason that everyone wear a mask and I'll feel okay being in here. But to say that it's not everywhere we go, I don't go to restaurants in. Well, then, then maybe we should meet on Zoom. Then maybe we should meet on Zoom. I don't know what to say, Councillor Marks. I can understand it. I think the public can understand it. So. Thank you, Mr. President. And again, you know, I would, I would ask that my colleagues respect the courtesy and the rules of the building and wear their masks. And if they don't, then we'll have to make the choices we make. And I guarantee you, it won't be as an effectively run meeting if some of the council in here and some of the council is not. So that's why I proposed the B paper. And quite frankly, I'm disappointed. Okay, thank you, uh, Councilor Bears. Uh, we have Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. I continue to be dismayed by the health decisions trying to be made by other people. You do not know people's medical histories, their underlying conditions, their level of safety in being here. And I'm just so dismayed by other people trying to make health decisions for people this entire time. Was it that way when you came and passed all ballots at the election? I was only here for an hour until a fellow counselor asked that I be removed. I've been here for what? Is this six, six and a half hours? How many? Point of information, Mr. President. People cannot be, no, because, those, because there is no yeah. safe option. There yeah. is a safe option Hypocrite. for these council Hypocrite. meetings. There is a safe option for these council meetings. Hypocrite. There is not a safe option. There is not another option for people to vote. Yeah. And I stand yeah. by my decision. You stand by all you want. democracy. Thank you. And you also endorse candidates that you were passing out ballots. Point of information, yeah. Mr. President. Okay. That's enough. Okay? That's enough. Yeah. Okay. Point of information. Listen, we've debated this. You've, I think everyone's had three times by now. Okay, so, the so Secretary of State. Say, what, what I will say is this, and I'll be the final word on this, and that is that I have met with, gone back and forth over the phone with Marion O'Connor, with Kimberly Scanlon, and we're doing everything that we should be doing, okay? I have made sure of that, okay? So, you know, what I will be doing, though, and I'll tell you this much, is I will be meeting with them again because, um, you know, you know, maybe we'll have a committee in the hall about it. That's what we need to do. But, I mean, you know, I have gone 
spent a ton of time going back and forth with each of the department heads, making sure that plexiglass goes up, making sure that everybody's seated in the right spot, working with Patrick Gordon to, uh, to do all the technology piece. This has not been an easy task, but if I go back at the past meetings, everybody was you know, pretty much on board with getting back in chambers. Okay, so what we have, have been doing is uh, we've basically been following the rules that have been put in place. So with that being said, you know what, to get us all on the same page, you know, we can meet with our department heads again. Uh, you know, but to tell you the truth, there are some cities and towns that are meeting actually and having the public here as well. Okay, now I've been told by our city solicitor that we can't do that. Okay? You know, the room, the room, the, I do have that. So, and I can send that to you. But with that being said, the opinion was that the room's got 25 people in it. If 30 people show up to the meeting, we can't kick people out of the room. And therefore, we will be limiting the number, we will be limiting speech and be limiting participation. So it would be a violation of the open meeting law. And that's why we're here tonight and the public is coming in through Zoom. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that is the reason I got from the city solicitor. So with that being said, that's where we are with that, okay? So we have a number of people that want to ask questions on this. I will call on that now. Will Navarre, name and address for the record, please. You have a minute and a half. Thank you, President Falco. William Navarre, 108 Medford Street, apartment 1B. I'm quite disappointed with the vitriol on both sides of this issue, and I, I wish we could take a problem-solving stance. And uh, I've seen different city councils do this in different ways, and et cetera. But just as a matter of practicality, um, I think there's probably a way to meet safely and perhaps, perhaps safe mess or not, I'm not sure. But just, just as I see on my screen, you know, you can't actually see the counselors. I can see you, <laughs> President Falco, and I can see uh, Clerk Hernandez, but the other counselors I can't actually see, um, which is actually sort of worse than, than when everybody's at home. And, um, and so I, I, I uh, and also nobody's in the chamber, so it doesn't really provide access for people who can't do Zoom. Um, uh, but mostly I just hope we can get back into a problem, problem solving, problem solving kind of thing, rather than um, uh, this vitriol is pretty uh, frustrating to me. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Will. Let's see, we have uh, Gene Nuzzo, name and address for the record, please. Hi, thank you. Gene is at 35 Paris Street. Give a minute uh, now. Just a few quick thoughts. First of all, you're in a space with 20-foot ceilings, your distance beyond 10 feet, and a room that typically holds between 200 and 250 people. You're currently at between 2 and 2.5% 2 .2 capacity. As for public participation, City Hall is quite large. You could do an inbound pathway and an outbound pathway with some staged area six foot distancing dots and monitors in the hallway and citizens of, and residents of Medford could come and speak in front of that chamber. And if you need some help, let me know. I've done a million square feet of this at this point. So again, um, I applaud you being on site. I recognize that people are concerned about masks, but right now in this moment, you're roughly at 2% occupancy, which is lower than what's required. Thank you for letting me speak. And again, if you need my help, let me know. Thank you very much. Okay, up next we have Joanna Quateri. Meha? I'm, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Yep, can you hear me? Yes, name and address for the record, please. Joanna Quateri, we have 35 where we have. 
Okay, you have a minute and I a just think that, yeah, I, I, whatever, whatever, you, whatever the decisions were made to meet in chambers is one thing, but during a global pandemic, you can't tell anybody individually what they should and should not do or what they're comfortable with. And as far as the other councils yelling and screaming at, at other councilors, it's so ridiculous. And President Falco, it's not your fault, but I would take better control of that room because it wouldn't be happening, not on my watch. It's not right. They shouldn't be doing it to each other. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, Rick Caparo, name and address for the record, please. How are you doing, Rick Caparo, 207 Fells Ave, Medford? Um, I would just like to <clears throat> let Councilman Morale and Councilor Beers, if they're so concerned about everyone's health and everyone and the council in the room, then they would be very concerned about the children they plan on having at a rally on Saturday. So they should stop being hypocrites and respect the city. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Point of thank you. Point of information, Councilor Morale. One second, Councilor one second. Let me put your microphone on. Uh, through the chair, I'm not having a rally on Saturday. Just want to make that clear. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Morale. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Laurel Rumo. Laurel. Name and address for the record, Laurel. Oops, sorry. Trying to unmute you. Laurel Rumo. 149 Burgett Avenue. Um, so it's very disrespectful the way that everyone is acting, and I think you all know better. And to have counselors shout over each other and call each other names is outrageous. You're there as all representatives. I understand this is a heated debate, but everyone has to do the best practices possible to keep everyone else safe. It's just very disappointing, and you know, it's ridiculous that we've come to this. Two, the Zoom meetings are fantastic. More than 100 people are online. Uh, probably 10 people are watching through the feed. We need to kind of keep this participation and interest and people just being exposed to how the city does business going. And I have to tell you, you've got to be more welcoming than shouting and arguing with this constantly. Lastly, I'm not sure what the devil in the room is with the social media and the negativity. All I'm seeing on social media is a lot of people trying to figure out how to make Medford the best place it can be for as many people as possible. And, you know, everyone is quite heated right now, but let's just kind of step back a minute and take a breath. And I really appreciate that we not call each other hypocrites. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I believe that is everyone. Okay, so on the B paper offered by Council of Beers, on that B paper, that was seconded by, does that have a second, Council Morrell? Can the B paper, uh, Clerk Hardy, can you please read the B paper back? I believe the B paper was to have the Council President mandate masks behind the rail during Council meetings. Is that correct, Council Bears? Correct, Mr. Clerk. That is correct. Amend the paper to amend the council rules to mandate masks behind the rail for the duration of the COVID-19 state of emergency. 
you want to amend the paper. Okay, so amend the council rules. Do the language on that paper, Clerk uh, I'm trying. All right, let me read this back. So the B paper is to amend the council rules to mandate masks behind the rail during council meetings for the duration of the COVID-19 emergency. Yes, as, as issued by Governor Baker. What was the last part? Uh, the the COVID-19 state of emergency as issued by Governor Baker. Okay. Did that clerk have be? Got it. Okay, so this Council Beers made a motion and uh, Council Knight has asked that that be moved to the rules subcommittee where that can be discussed because to be honest with you, Council Beers, I don't even know if I have the authority to do that. I mean that. I, I can't tell. So so I think it probably needs to be discussed. Um, so uh, so that so on the motion of Council Knight to move that to the rules subcommittee, was there a second there? Seconded by Council Scarpelli. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. This is to move it to the Rules Subcommittee? Yes. Council Bears? Yes. Vice President Carabiello? Yes. Vice President Carabiello? Yes. That, that was a yes. Okay. Council Knight? No. I can't hear Council Knight either. No. He said no. Thank Council Knights a no? Correct. Council, Council Marks? No. Council Morell? Yes. Council Scarpelli? No. I can't hear Council Scarpelli. He no. said no. President Falco? Yes. That's. Four in the affirmative, three in the negative. It has been moved. The B paper has been moved to the rules subcommittee. On the main motion offered by Council of Bears, and that was seconded by. Was there a second on that? Second. Seconded by Council Morrell. Clerk Erdebees, please call the roll. On the main paper, Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello? Yes. Vice President Carabiello? Yes. Yes. Council Knight? No. Council Marks? No. Council Moran? No. Yes. Council Scarpelli? No. Yes, four in the affirmative, three in the negative, the motion passes. Okay. Now, Mr. President, when do you plan on meeting with the Board of Health? <laughs> we'll see. i got to find time. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I have to meet with, uh, with Mary Ann and um, Kim Scanlon sooner than later. I talked to them today. We will be setting up some time, and we can 
throw that uh, work on that issue as well. So. So you'd be meeting with just the Board of Health in the solicity itself behind closed doors and then coming up with a plan? No, I, I just talked to them today and I told them I wanted to speak to them more about what we're doing here and how we're doing it. Okay. Um, you know, just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. Because that, where it's uh, as a result of a council resolution, you might want to be careful meeting behind yep. closed doors. Absolutely. So that's, that's fine. We can do that. Thank you. Uh, 20-537 offered by Council Appears, whereas residents of Medford requested that the City of Medford hang a banner stating Black Lives Matter at Medford City Hall as a statement of solidarity and support to begin to address the history of racism and discrimination in our community. And whereas the Supreme Court of the United States in Rosenberger versus rectors and visitors of University of Virginia established the government speech doctrine recognizing that a government entity is entitled to say what it wishes and select views it wants to express. And whereas the government speech doctrine has been affirmed and reinforced by Supreme Court decisions including but not limited to Russ versus Sullivan, Johans versus Livestock Marketing Association, Pleasant Grove City versus Summum, uh, Walker versus Texas Division, uh, Sons of Confederate Veterans and Matal versus Tam, and whereas placing a banner on Method City Hall meets the multi-factor test defined in Sumum and Walker of number one, historic use of building, including banners to convey government messages. Two, the, public the public's close identification of messages and signage placed on Method City Hall with the city government. And three, the city uh, of Medford's maintenance of effective control over the messages conveyed. And Whereas in 2018, the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts in Shirtlip versus the City of Boston denied the request for injunction of a plaintiff requesting the flying of a specific flag on Boston City Hall using the government speech doctrine and multi-factor test defined in Summum and Walker. And whereas in 2019, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the First Circuit affirmed the decision of District Court of Shirtlip with a three-judge panel deciding unanimously to reject the plaintiff's appeal, now therefore, be it resolved that the Memphis City Council, that the city administration provide a summary explanation of the opinion regarding banners on Memphis City Hall and how it is possible that such an opinion can ignore the U.S. Constitution's government speech doctrine as decided and affirmed by decades of precedent of the Supreme Court of the United States. Council of Beers. Um, so this, this same resolution has been offered two weeks in a row. So under council rules, I have to rule this out of order because it has been two weeks in a row. This is verbatim, the same exact resolution as a prior meeting. Now, with, so with that being said, the, uh, the matter basically has already been disposed of because I was uh, ruled out of order in the previous week. Or uh, there was a doubt of the ch doubting of the chair. Um, but with that being said, what I did do today is I made a phone call to Chief of Staff Rodriguez, and I, uh, he was busy all day meeting, so I did have a conversation with the mayor regarding this very, uh, this very issue. So what I wanted to let you know is during our conversation, what she said is the response is on the way, and that the council should receive it within the next few days. She also went on to say that the administration is also working on a policy with regard to banners. There's no timeline on that, but there is a policy that they are working on. But she said that we will be getting a response because we haven't received an official response, but we will be getting that 
in the next few days. Okay? Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. 20-53, it offered by Council Murrah. I mean, what's coronavirus? Mr. President, the paper's out of order. Yeah. Uh, yeah, paper's out of order. The paper's out of order. I do not know why the administration's taking as long as it's taking, but um, but that is what I was told, and I wanted to pass out information on to uh, my Thank you. But colleagues. Again, I, th I think a month is. I would agree, but you know. Uh, 20-53, offered by Council Morrell, being resolved that the Memphis City Council requested a representative from the administration provide an update on COVID-19 metrics for Medford in any policy changes related to the pandemic at each forthcoming regular city council meeting so long as deemed necessary to city operations. Councilor Morrell. Give me one second. Eh? Councilor Morrell. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, this is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I've had a few residents reach out about this. I know we have the dashboard. The dashboard is beautiful, but it does seem like there's a real opportunity um, at city council meetings to hear from the administration just a brief update about perhaps any changes, any different metrics or how things are impacting things because I know we have, you know, it's seemingly every day that state unveils some new color map and what it means and, you know, the, the goalposts keep on moving. Um, and changing, so I think it would just be an opportune uh, thing to have a representative from the administration just explain kind of where we are um, and any necessary updates. So um, I move approval. Thank you. Second. On the motion of Council Morrell. Uh, on the motion of Council Morrell, seconded by Councilor Beers, Councilor Knight. Um, from an operational standpoint, if uh, through you through the author of the amendment, um, so is this for like a standing? COVID-19 updated every single council meeting by someone from the administration. I mean, I'm just concerned about posting. You know, I mean, we've, we've talked about suspension of the rules. We've talked about how we're not bringing items under suspension of the rules. Um, we have posting requirements through the open meeting law. So would this be like a standing invitation? Is it the first meeting of every month? Is it whenever the administration feels fit? Or is this going to be one of those things where every month we say, okay, is anybody here from the administration that wants to come and give us, a, give us an update on Corona? Okay, no. All right, moving on. Yeah, I mean, I, I have the same question procedurally. I was, uh, my intention was just to get a response from the administration first and then understand how it might be introduced by them if it's something they're willing to do. <coughs> I, I understand it's, it's, yeah, procedurally it's something strange, but it's, it's strange times. So, 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 Mr. President, point of information. Point of information, Council of Beers. Um, I mean, I, it could be a, a weekly communication from the mayor that ends up on the agenda, something like that. I'm interested to hear what the administration has to say. It could be that. That's just one or two. Like, could it be like a report from Marion yeah. O'Connor? Yeah, them? that's, okay. yeah, I would ideally, yeah, d d putting this to the administration, seeing how they would like to deliver it, communications from the mayor, communications from the administration um, that could be added if they see fit, if it's something they agree to. So it wouldn't be that they're necessarily appearing before the council or on the agenda. The request would be that they give us a weekly report as to the status. I mean, my intention would be to have someone to, to actually speak from the administration because there is stuff online. There is stuff already in report form, and this would just be kind of, you know, anything that's worth addressing that week that needs to be addressed that week. Under council purview or just in, in general? I, I see it in general as this being, you know, we have X number of people on the call right now, it just being that these are well attended and as opposed to having to hunt stuff down on the website and, and, and try to parse out data 
just getting an update to say, okay, here's our numbers and here's how it impacts anything, or maybe it doesn't, or maybe there's not an update that week. Maybe it's not possible procedurally, but I think it is, it's information that's being asked for in the um, community and it's, this is a vehicle to provide it. Okay. Oh, Council Caviel, Vice President Caviel. Council I, I didn't, I couldn't understand what you were saying, because I, I am hearing impaired and I just, okay. if, you could, if you could repeat what you started with, I, I just, I just could, I can't, under, I couldn't understand what you said. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm just hoping um, because we do have the dashboard and there are numbers there, but sometimes it's a certain amount of parsing out and trying to understand, you know, looking at one screen and then seeing what the state metrics say and how we're supposed to behave based on those numbers. And if we could get an update directly from the administration as far as our metrics and if it's changing any policies that week. Um, but I, I do understand it's procedurally as far as being introduced as an agenda item, it's a little bit tricky. So my intention is just to deliver this to administration and get a response from them as far as how they might, um, if they would be interested in delivering such a thing and how they might want to deliver it, whether it's communications from the mayor um, or, or something like that. But I do think there is a benefit to having a representative from the administration when possible to briefly address this. So would this be on like a, a weekly basis or a monthly basis? I mean, weekly would be nice, but I think I also, I'd be happy to amend the paper to have the, you know, administration at a frequency they deem necessary. Thank you. Is that an amendment? Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah at a I, if we could add the language at a frequency that the administration deems necessary in the form of an amendment. So we're going to strike the language at each, each forthcoming regular council meeting? Yes, you can strike that language. We can I'll second that, that amendment, Mr. President. All right. Okay. Any other questions for the council? Any other questions? Okay, seeing and hearing none. On the motion of Councilor Morell, seconded by Councilor Knight, as amended by Councilor Morell. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Uh, Councilor Beers, is your resolution the same as the communications from withdrawn. the Withdrawn. I'm sorry? I withdraw the resolution. Okay, that's 2059 has been withdrawn. Okay. Communications from the mayor. 20-541, September 3rd, 2020, via electronic delivery to the Honorable President and members of the Medford City Council, City Hall, Medford, Massachusetts, 02155. Regarding the proposed ordinance, historic district. Dear Mr. President and members of the City Council, I respectfully request and recommend that your honorable body approve the following amendments to the City of Medford revised ordinances entitled Historic District Commission, Article 3, Section 48 through 51, as described below. The amendments clarify the ordinance to delineate the previously approved districts and, at the request of the Medford Historic District Commission, create a new single parcel district at 16 Foster Court. By way of background, section 48-51A presently states, under the authority of Mass General uh, MGLA 
C40, uh, Section 3, there is a hereby estab established a Hillside Avenue Historic District and Marm Simmons, Simmons uh, Historic District, bounded as respectively shown on the map entitled Historic Avenue Historic District and Marm Sa uh, Simmons Historic District, which are on the on file in the City Clerk's Office and made part of this article by reference. Pursuant to Mass General Law, Chapter 40C, Section 3, the attached report and request has been transmitted to the Co Community Development Board for their concurrent review. The matter is scheduled to be taken up by the Community Development Board on September 16, 2020. Thank you for your kind attention to this matter. Sincerely, Brianna Longo, current mayor. Mr. President, motion to, ref motion to refer to a committee of the whole for a presentation by the Historic District Commission, the owner of the property, before the City Council. On the motion of Council at night to refer to Committee of the Whole for a presentation from uh, the owner of the property, is that? Yes, okay. well, for, from the Historic District Commission, I think would be the one oh, that sorry. are imposing from this, um, the, uh, presenting this. So the Historic District Commission can present it. We'll have the owner of the property there, um, as well as a representative from the Mayor's Office, Mr. President. Uh, today I had the opportunity to speak with Mayor Lungo on a number of issues, and uh, this topic came up. And uh, she suggested that uh, we meet in the Committee of the Whole, and she'll have a representative from her staff available. Uh, to sit down with us and go over the paper, um, as well as representatives from the Historic District Commission there. Okay. On, Mr. So, Mr. President. On, well, on the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Second. Council Scarpelli. We have uh, Council Morell, I believe, had her hand up. Yep. Council Morell and then Council Bears. So the motion was to refer to Committee of the Whole, seconded by Council Scarpelli, Council Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. I'm curious if we could amend that to add to a date certain because this demo delay expires in October, so we would probably want to meet before the expiration to actually have this conversation. Um, so make sure we do that and do and, that. And on, on to that point, Mr. President, um, I spoke with the mayor and she said that she would be here to make someone available next week. She said yep. uh, she'd be willing to actually, do that, but it would have to happen next if, week. If I may, we actually do have. Um, you, you can blow up my meeting. It's okay. I understand. Is this that, is timely. We can do, uh, we can, so it'll be the Tuesday or Wednesday next week, okay? Just to let everyone know. So we'll get it scheduled sooner than later. Okay, so Council Morell uh, has amended the paper. Council of Beers. Uh, yeah, that was the same thing. So if it's happening next week, I'm fine with that. Okay, thank you, Council of Beers. Uh, any other questions or comments from the Council? Mr. President. Clerk Ernest. Good question. So, Council Morales is is offering an amendment uh, to a date certain. Is that correct? Uh, well, soon. I think I, I don't ha I don't formally have a date yet. So, yeah. uh, so what I'm aiming for next Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, no less than ten days. No less than ten. Within ten days, right? We'll meet within ten days. Okay. Let's see. So, Council Morrell, did you have a uh, No, I was just to okay. speak on that. Okay, so thank you. Okay, perfect. Okay, so. So there's there's no amendment. Is that correct? Is is the amendment to meet within ten days? Yeah, the amendment. Okay, the amendment is to. And I'll second that amendment, okay. Mr. President. To meet within ten days. You yeah. are correct. Okay. Uh, let's see. So. Okay. Got it. We have a hand raised here. I believe it's uh, one minute, please. Okay. Chris Bader, name and address. Yes, I just want to read. This is Chris Bader. I'm the head of the Historic District Commission. Um, 
I, uh, oh, I cannot move myself. <laughs> no, we, we can hear you. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure um, this is uh, uh, we're running out of time here, and this is a historic house that should be preserved. And I just want to be sure that um, you know, bureaucratic, you know, uh, people made a lot of uh, uh, comments about you know how slow everything moves with historic district commissions and the historical commission and so on. But this is this is exactly the same thing. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Um, okay any other questions? Uh, okay. Hearing and seeing none. Oh, I'm sorry. We got um, Gene Nizzo has her hand up. Gene, I'm unmuting you now. Gene, name and address for the record, please. Okay, I don't see Jean. Okay, I don't see Jean. Mr. Clark, do you, um, that she's disappeared off my screen. I Try to muting her. Um, okay, any other questions from the council? I just, I, I think I just unmuted Jean. Okay. Jean, name and address for the record, please. Mr. Clark, I have, she's unmuted. Jean, you're unmuted. Gene? All right. Okay. Bueller? <laughs> okay. Okay. So it seems like Gene's not with us, or she, the, I think there's a techno technology issue, but she's been unmuted, but we cannot communicate with her. So, on the motion of, uh, let's see, on the motion of Councillor Knight to refer this to committee the whole, seconded by Councillor Scott Pelley, as amended by Councillor Morell. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, send the affirmative. Zero in the negative. The motion passes. Um, let's see. Uh, Council Scott Pelly. You just want to try Muhammad Anwar again? Is he? Is he back? Uh, let's see. Uh, Clark Hardeby's DF5. Let's see. President, did you ask me a question? Yes. Do you uh, have you do you know if Mohammed Anwar was logging in? Uh, or if you've seen him? I didn't see him logged in. Okay. I don't see him either. Um. So that will that will that will that will stay on the table. Um. 
Court is it if we dispose of everything? I think you have uh, records and public participation. Okay. Let's see, public participation. Did anybody want to speak? It's not supposed to be Dude, this is like a cast iron pot pan. It's gorgeous. Okay, let's see. Thank you, Laurel. <laughs> um, okay, looks like, okay, so we don't have anything on that community participation that I can see. Uh, I believe we are on to the records. The, rec the table records of, of the meeting of July 28, 2020 were passed to Vice President Caviello. Vice President Cavillo, I'm not sure if you got through those yet. I think they're about 75 pages. Hang on. Cavillo. Vice President Cavillo. Mr. President, after an exhaustive review, uh, I find the papers to be in order. Okay. You, do you move approval? Move approval. On the, motion, on the motion of Councilor Vice President Cavillo to approve the record, seconded by Councilor Knight. Clerk Kirby's, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Thank you. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morrell. Yes. I think that was a yes. Yeah, that was a yes. Thanks. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. The records of the meeting of August 25th, 2020 were passed to Councilor Knight. Councilor Knight, how did you find those? Motion records? table. Motion to table. On the motion of Council Knight to table the records, Clerk Enemies, please call the roll. Is second. there a second on the motion to table? Second. Council Bears. Thank you. Council Bears? Yes. Vice President Carabiello? Yes. Council Knight? Yes. Council Marks? Yes. He said yes. Council Marks? Yes. Yes. Sure. Thank you. Council Morrell? Yes. Hang on, just. I can only have four, four microphones. Can yes. be on at once. So. Thank you. She said yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven of the affirmative, zero in the negative. The records from the 25th of August have been tabled. Mr. President. Marks. Mr. President, uh, several months back, I put on the agenda that uh, we asked that a crosswalk be painted at the intersection of Everett Street and Salem Street. Can we please get an update from DPW or the Traffic Commission uh, regarding the crosswalk at uh, Everett and Salem? Okay. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Okay. Is there a motion? Motion to adjourn. A motion to council appears to adjourn the meeting. Second of all. Vice President Caviello, Clerk Kennedy, please come around. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caviello. Yes. Vice President Caviello. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. And the meeting is adjourned. Thank you, everyone, for. President, uh, would it be important to announce tomorrow's committee of the whole being canceled at this point? Yes, in tomorrow's committee, the whole meeting.
has been canceled. We've resolved everything tonight. So, um, so that's been canceled. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you. Meeting adjourned.